On today's third down and goal podcast, the fact that you're going to see that there is not a commercial, an advertisement before this show shows what's going on. A lot of people thought you wouldn't be hearing my voice to start out this show. Like we talked about in the last podcast, that if the Philadelphia Seagulls ended up winning that game at beautiful MetLife Stadium, that also would be hosting and I would give him free reigns to do whatever his heart desired instead i am hosting josh hi how we doing i'm hosting the show because the beautiful new york giants came out and won the game and the the part that i want to say is i'm not even going to talk about the game to start the only thing i have to say is this one thing You guys getting ready. Austin, you thought your team was going to win this one, buddy. So what do you think happened in that football game? All the listeners to Austin, to Cowan, what do you think happened? When you hear that song getting played at beautiful MetLife Stadium a handful of times from Daniel Jones with the rushing touchdown, we get to hear back in the New York groove. Two Wayne Gallman touchdowns, we get to hear back in the New York groove. And sure enough, the New York Giants defeat the pitiful Philadelphia Eagles, 27-17. What up, guys? It took me a little bit to realize where you were going there with that song until I heard the New York Blues. I wasn't really familiar with that song. but that The New the York group, shout out to, before, sorry to cut you off, shout out to uh, the Fair Use Act, by the way, because Ace Frehley, you sung back in the New York groove, big deal. Uh, Kiss came out with a version of it, too. Um, and so why we don't have a commercial fair use act. That's what the New York giants play after every single touchdown and score. Well, I got to applaud the ingenuity of it, even though I was very disappointed with the results of the game. I was expecting Josh to come out with some fire and, you know, you got to take it on the chin like a man. And I, I, I applaud the, the good effort you had coming out there, coming after me to start. Thank you. And just sorry to cut you off. Callum, when do you learn to just listen to me for once? I know you don't like listening to me, but man, when I, whenever you go against me, it never works out for you. I can name a couple times when it's worked out, but I'll just like Austin. I'll admit I'm wrong. I'm happy I wasn't involved in that bet, but I'll take an L when I deserve one. And Eagles played like garbage. So I deserve the L for thinking that they could beat the Giants. I have a good question. This is going to be a, a prolonged question throughout this podcast, okay? And this is towards either of you guys, and we will answer this throughout the show. Would the Eagles be better right now with Carson Wentz or with Nick Foles? Ugh. See, here's the thing with the whole, oh, we should have kept Foles. Look at what Foles is doing with the Bears. Look what, is, what he's done with the Jaguars, the Rams. <laughs> Foles stinks just as much as Wentz right now. And to top it off, Foles is more injury prone than Wentz. He gets injured <laughs> again. So it's a stupid debate. I talked last week how Foles is pretty much Joe Flacco. He, you he said a, he was so good, he's going to have a comeback. All of his receivers are around. His whole line's back. Oh, Wentz? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, to be in my defense, Wentz has never shown this at all any time in his career before. He He's carried some god-awful teams into the playoffs with practice squad. He was playing at an MVP level when he had a great team around him. I don't know where this came from, and it's very disappointing to see. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. I will say he could be the worst quarterback in the league right now. 
The guy had a QBR of 37.7 this week. Who else would be in competition for worse? Nick Foles? Who else? Trubisky slash Foles? Anyone else? Jake Jake Luton, if you want to just say generally. Uh, Not not normal starting quarterbacks. Yeah. The fact that you're a team that you're Carson Wentz, the former number two pick who you got, he rolled with you, like you mentioned, super uh, potential MVP, potential, all these different things. And now he literally since the Super Bowl, he's regressed every year mightily. And and he's taking off too much of a big bite out of something that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's getting exposed. It reminds me of when Tiger Woods, after that whole alleged scandal with him, when he didn't think he was the greatest thing since sliced bread and there was some doubt in his mind, his golf game kind of went down the tubes. That's what happened to Carson Wentz. He's doubting himself. He's doing way too much and uh, not good. Yeah, I... I hate to say it, but he's one of those guys. I think a change of scenery can do him well. I mean, Whoa. he's shown the talent before. Um, I'm just saying, like, if he went on to another team, maybe a team with a lot less pressure going on. Like, I'm not saying Miami needs a quarterback, but you know, a place like Miami or like a really relaxed place, they don't care quite as much as Eagles fans. I think that could do him a lot of good. Also, you guys got to stop the Jalen Hurts crap because it's not doing anything. Like, we all know what's going to happen, and it doesn't work. Well, I don't know why they decided to get so uncreative with it now. Like, in games past, they split him out at receiver. They were having him be back for reverses. They had him and Wentz throw back and forth. Now all they do with him is just a read option. Like, they decided to suck all the creativity out of his package. And so then, I don't, I don't get the that. sad part is, when you have, um, I'm shipping up to Boston Scott taking over the charge against the Giants. Why don't you like feed him? This guy can't get stopped against the Giants. Yeah. You know, as like the analytics guy, usually I'm all about passing the ball, but I mean, they were running the game for like six and a half, seven yards a carry against the Giants and when sucked. So I don't know why they didn't three sacks. He only got sacked three times and Danny throw it on a dime. You know, a little TikTok to the boys that are listening. Uh, 21 of 28 for 244 and a QBR of 91.4. He had nine carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he looked pretty damn good. Yeah, here's a pro tip. Whatever team the Eagles are playing, if their quarterback is halfway mobile, take the over on the rushing yards. It's been like every week. Probably. Yeah, you helped me with the last time when yeah, they played. Lot. I forgot. Yeah, but Giants are starting to turn into that uh, almost like the Viking strategy of you don't win the game with Daniel Jones. You had him throw 25 to 30 times and just focus on the ground game. That's how it worked. Defense able to shut down Carson Wentz. They focus on the ground game. Somehow Wayne Gallman looked actually pretty dang good with two touchdowns, and Jones took off running like you said. They can't stop a mobile quarterback to save their life right now in Philly. So that's kind of how the Giants' formula right now is just keep the ball out of Jones' hands, not make him make those stupid decisions he was making earlier in the season. And it's a good, it was a good win for the Giants. So yeah, give, I enjoyed every second credits. of it. And the sad part is, Austin, you know, we had Robinson, Graham, Gano, don't you know, who looked way better than your guy. You, and I don't understand. Can you explain what, what this you to saying? me? What, he's what, he's what, comparing what? kickers right now. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'm leading into something bigger, Callan. Yeah, I thought you would know that knowing that we do a couple shows together where I'm I, going. I, you do say stupid things sometimes where know, make your this, argument for who's a bad team could come down to kicker. No, 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 no. I'm taking something with the uh, the Robinson Graham Gano, don't you know? Uh, the fact, what the hell went on with the going for twos? Why not? When it when you, you could have made it where all you needed was a field goal to tie it up and you go for two, it was done after that. Yeah, that's, that's such an annoying non-factor. The Eagles went for two twice that game. They went one for two going for two. It's literally the same as if they kicked an extra point both times. So people who but, bring that argument up, I I don't care. It's a stupid not that, But, but here's the thing, Austin. Knowing where the game was at at that point, right? It was 21 to 17. It would have been 21-18. And who knows if you kick the extra point, they, a field goal ties it up. You're Like, why go for two there? The The math, the analytics slightly said go for two. Normally, I'd agree with that. If if you have a good offense, if you're the Chiefs, maybe you go for two. But the Eagles' offense was dreadful. So, yeah, I personally also would have kicked there. But, I, I mean, that's such a – of all the things that happened that game, that's like a hundredth on my list. Yeah, it's a good point. They probably should have taken the points. Austin, what Austin said before makes sense. You kick two extra points and you get the one two-point conversion, the same amount of points. 
your point's correct. I would have done the same thing, but in a 10-point loss, that's really not a huge factor that needs to be talked about too much. There's so much more that's going wrong for the Eagles than their decision to go for two instead of taking an extra point. And anyone that, like, craps on the Giants, like, come on, the defense showed up. You got all the love. You got all these different guys. Bradbury playing well. Bradbury, guy who was an outcast on the Carolina Panthers, is playing like a pro bowler. Yeah, Bradbury's been having a good year all year. He got paid in free agency. I know. He's he's meeting the expectations of his contract. And Martinez, what a game as well. Yeah, Giants have some good pieces on defense, but I mean, they're 3-7 and right now, so it's hard to get too excited about them. But in that NFC East, Whoever said it last week, I think it was Josh, that the, the Giants might be the biggest contender for the East besides the Eagles. That was a proof that this week proved that he was probably right with saying that. So. To be fair, this was their playoff game. Well, uh, Mara always talks about going into December. He looks at, is his team relevant in the playoff discussion? <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. They that are. was their playoff game. They won the playoff game for them. That's what it was about. If they if they were 2-7, and seven, they would have been done going into December. They're They're relevant right now. What, they're a game out? Yeah, okay, so do we all agree pretty much is going to come down to the Giants and Eagles at this point? Yeah, yeah, probably. Cowboys have a not-so-difficult schedule down the stretch, but they've been a little shaky. Who knows if they get Dalton back, it comes gives them a, some little bit of a jolt, but yeah, it's more most likely the Eagles and the Giants. So both teams' schedules the rest of the way pulled up here. Giants play the Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens. Oof. Oof. Oof, nice. and then the Cowboys. And then the Eagles play the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals. Oof, Oof. Cowboys. Yeah. We could be looking at a team with like four or five wins winning this division. That is. I think the Giants player. could beat the Bengals. I do think they'll, they'll beat Dallas probably. And you know the sad part is, if the Giants didn't shoot themselves and Danny Dimes didn't shoot himself in the foot, whether if it was in the Rams game or whether if it was in the San, the San Francisco or in the Eagles' first game or in the Dallas game, even if they won two of those games, they'd be five. Like they'd be a five hundred team right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what bad teams do. Bad teams shoot themselves in the foot. But you can say, say, you say the same thing about the Eagles, though. If they didn't tie the Bengals, if they didn't have exactly. that, if they didn't. Uh, well, the, look how many the Giants have lost to Washington. To if they work, if they, they've lost by two to the Ravens, they could have possibly beaten that. So there could be a 500 team as well if two games win. Do you Stop realize that the Giants stuff. really haven't gotten blown out? They're all within like one score games. And you look at their losses. It's not like they're getting embarrassed. They didn't have these 10 point loss. They, you look at it, right? They had, they lost the Eagles by one point. They lost the Bucks by two points. They then beat obviously the Eagles this week. They beat the, uh, the Washington football team by three the week before they lost by three points to the Dallas. They lost by, uh, so my point is, it's not like they're having these big, big point losses. Uh, the Rams uh, with the late interception when they lost to the Bears by four. Not like these are bad losses here. Yeah, I'll give Joe Judge Joe Judge credit. They're they're playing hard. They're they're limited in talent, but they they are playing hard for their coach. Yeah, and I like that. You gotta love to see that. And he's the guy. I think I love everything about him. Uh. He reminds me, if anyone listens to our baseball show, he's like a Cuban outfielder for me that hits like piss missiles. That's like what he is for me. He just says everything that's just the right thing. And he's just like a leader of men. And I respect the hell out of it. I guess we'll transition now. Um, So if anyone listened to the show last week, what I talked about with the weather and how there was the red alert on the game. And they said, don't be surprised if this is like a week eight type of uh, matchup for the Browns, where it was like a six, three ball game. The under over was at 49 and a half. I said, guys, you should take the Browns and take the uh, 49 and a half on the under because of like 50 mile an hour wind gusts, a lot of rain. Sure enough, the game got delayed. And when I saw that, it was like, this game is really going to be an under game. Sure enough, 10, seven. How bad do you feel if you took the Browns minus three and a half like it had on CBS? Oh, yeah. Chubb running down instead of taking the points, just stopping at the one just to clinch the win for the Browns. How mad would you be if you bet the oh, Browns? Oh, yeah. I've been there. It sucks. Yeah. As for his game, good to see Nick Chubb on the field going over for 125 yards and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had over 100 yards rushing. Browns have that similar form we were just talking about. 
win on the ground, win with defense. Don't let Baker Mayfield make mistakes. And it worked against this very bad Texan defense. Yes, so um, the Eagles' defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, the Eagles are playing the Browns this upcoming week, and he called Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb the two best running backs in the league right now. So interesting comment coming from him. I I think there's an argument for it with the production they put up. You could definitely say maybe Kamara or, you know, Derrick Henry, those guys, but you can't argue with the Browns' production in the running game. Their running game has completely carried their offense so far this year. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. If they can make it where Baker doesn't have to be the story and they can rely on like uh, Garrett to just be a beast on defense and play good football, that's all they can ask for right now. They're six and three. That's all they can ask for. Um, So that was pretty good. Uh, Anything else on that game or should we keep moving? That was an ugly one. Yeah, it was an ugly weather game. The weather one, by the way, big weather guy. Weather was a good week for the weather. I was very happy with weather. You did very well with that. Thanks. Very happy with how the weather turned out. Um, Next, we are going to talk about the problem. We could say he's probably going to now the favorite to win comeback player of the year. Alex Smith, 38 of 55 for 390 yards. Late push for the Washington football team against the Detroit Lions after being down by like 21 points. And they almost won the game. It was really electric, but unfortunately, they just did not have enough. And they could not stop Stafford. They couldn't stop Marvin Jones. And the Detroit Lions took it 30-27. to 27. Good, exciting back-and-forth game. Stafford had a good game. And now there's reports that came out of just today as we're recording this that he has a ligament damage in his finger. So keep an eye on that. You know he's tough. He's going to try and play through it. But that's something to keep an eye on. As for this game, he looked good. Three touchdowns. Kept the ball moving against uh not-so-great Washington team. It was fun seeing Alex Smith keep the game close. It was fun seeing a sort of DeAndre Swift breakout game with 68 yards in the air and a touchdown and then 81 yards on the ground. He looked real good. Marvin Jones was involved. And good win for the Lions as they try and hang around in the potential playoff hunt. Yeah, I was, I was hoping that the Lions choked this game. Even though I know strategically for the Eagles, I guess I shouldn't want that. I just like watching Matt Patricia fail. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room all the time. He's still bragging about his Malcolm Butler interception in the Super Bowl play call from like five years ago now. That's like his whole claim to fame. So I wouldn't have mind seeing them lose. The Lions offense has been carrying them all year. They did it again. They almost let a horrid Washington offense come back and beat them. So they're they're a mediocre team, and I really hope Matt Patricia gets fired. To be fair, that the Malcolm Butler play was like seven years ago. Five years ago is when I lost a bet with Seth Berger when the uh, the twenty eight three game. That was five years ago. Super Bowl. Did you make like a live bet with him during the game? Uh, so long story short, before anyone really knew Seth Berger that much, I knew him. He, I knew everyone knows he's an annoying Patriot fan. And when I saw it was twenty eight three at the half, I called up Seth and I, bef- I said, Seth, buddy, if you and your team somehow come back and then win this game, I will first say Tom Brady's the GOAT. And number two, I will let you go on WQSU with me. I will let you host or, or whatever. I will let you go on and beat your chest like Tarzan. Right? And he was like, sure, we're still going to win this game. I have no doubt. We have Tom Brady, and I'm not going to imitate Seth's voice. But long story short, he was like, we have the go. I'm not worried at all. And they won. They came back, won the game. That was really annoying, and I deal with Seth on the account. I think you were on with that, Joe. I might have been. I don't remember for sure. Like I said, it was five years ago. Lots changed in five years. There was but... five people on with us. There was a disaster. That's when we got the people that know WQSU, uh, the microphone. That we had two microphones in the main studio and then three in the fishbowl. It was because of the day with Seth. Do you still have a recording of that? I would love to hear it. I get a headache listening to it because it's just Seth screaming at me for like 15 minutes. Sounds like a good like alarm clock or something to have. It was, it was, I Callan definitely, you, you said you regretted coming on. I remember that. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Patricia, I don't really like, I do like that. He wears the clown nose Goodell shirt, but that besides that, he, I don't know if you read the story in the athletic where, he uh at the end of like week 17 and 2017 he uh was out for a day or whatever was at a doctor and the players were popping champagne in the locker room 
just because that he was not around, which just shows what type of like dictatorish type of coach he is. But I don't know. I'm just quoting the athletic, not my personal opinion. Speaking of another great one, when do you guys ever learn with the double digits to like just listen to me for once? The Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Team that everybody counted out because they, they were going up against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was like a 14 and a half point line. I didn't understand what, why it would be that high. Uh, the NFL, you don't really see double digit losses that bad like that. But sure enough, took the points and it worked out very nice. It was a 24-20 win for Green Bay. Jacksonville almost won the game at the end. It was pretty crazy as a whole. Um, but good for Aaron Rodgers, 24-34 for 325. Two touchdowns. James Robinson, really good. Yeah, it's crazy. He came undrafted, and he's looked possibly the best of all the rookie running backs in the NFL right now. Good win for the Packers. They kept it a little, a little too close. The magic of Jake Luton kind of died down 18 of 35 169 yards touchdown in the pick but you might as well keep seeing what you have if you're Jacksonville because why not good win for Green Bay your defense kind of came up in the end but play the Jaguars a little too close for comfort but get out there if a win that's good enough for me I guess yeah speaking of close for comfort did you see the story on the guy who bet ninety nine thousand yeah. dollars on the packers to win this game yes he must have been sweating so hard that game i he wound up winning it was minus 1100 odds so he yep. won like a few thousand dollars but i don't think the potential heart attack is worth Not getting a few thousand dollars nope. there i mean he must have had a brutal day Jake from Jacksonville, right? We got a new question for you guys. Speaking of a guy in this game, made a trade in fantasy, okay? A little off track, but you're going with this point. Will Fuller, he gives up and gives up James Robinson, right? Gets Tyler Lockett and Jonathan Taylor. What do you guys think? Is this a PPR league? Yes. Um, If... If he has enough running backs to replace losing Robinson, I guess it makes sense. I would need to know the rest of his. He roster. has. Hold, give me a minute. He sent me his team because I asked. That was a good follow up. Miles Sanders, Ezekiel Elliott, and he has DeAndre Swift. All right. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, who's who else? guys? If you were Jake, you tell him do it. Yeah, who's the receiver they gave up with Robinson? Uh, they gave up uh Will, Will Fuller. Fuller. Will Fuller. Yeah, I like Lockett over Fuller, so I think... And the guy's got not great. He's got one good receiver, one average receiver. Yeah, I think he'd do it. Taylor's and he's still... got Robinson. To be fair, he's got Robinson on a bye, and he's got Keenan Allen. Okay, yeah, you could take... Keenan Allen's pretty damn good right now, but take Lockett. He's, he'll be good. And Taylor, you never know if Indy, he could be the hot hand for the next game and be the lead back again. So, but So, I think you'd do it. Yeah, that sounds like a fair deal for both sides. Yeah. yeah. That's what I told him. Um, so now we're going to move off of that game. It was pretty crazy as a whole. Then another game that Austin and I had a bet. He was so confident with the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I even and, texted you when they were up. I know. And, like, the worst part was, like, I took the Seth Berger approach, was not worried at all, because Tom Brady's never lost more than three games to a divisional opponent in his life. And... Uh, he came, they had a tremendous game. Ronald Jones, 23 carries, 192 yards and a touchdown. A lot of it was boosted because that 98-yard touchdown run, but I digress. But Tom Brady, 28 of 39 for 341 passing yards, three touchdowns. Gronk is back. I don't care what you guys say. Yeah, Gronk's back. I didn't think he would really be, but especially with this team where it doesn't have to be insane Rob Gronkowski because you have really three very good wide receivers out there. You don't have to rely on him too much. It was good for Brady to see all three guys involved in Godwin Evans and Antonio Brown. Each had six or more catches. Gronk caught a touchdown. All around a really good win for the Bucks. I thought the Panthers would be able to play them closer, but Bucks are just a good team right now. And Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, did leave a knee injury. So we'll see how serious that is. And we'll talk about that going into the next show. But Good win for Tampa Bay to get on track after getting embarrassed against New Orleans last week. Yeah, sleepy Tom Brady and the sleepy Bucks. They woke up. Got to give them credit there. Offense popped off, adding insult to injury for me personally. If I had started Brady in fantasy this week, I would have won. So that's just me doubling down on my Buccaneers hate. So um, 
guess there's not that much more to say. Panthers are uh, what are they? Three win team for a reason. Yep. And the Bucks are uh, one of the top playoff contenders. Now you know why I thought it was such a lock when I saw the Bucks at uh, five minus five. It was like the Bucks are not losing this game. Like I don't. I, it was one of those most obvious things of the weekend. Yeah, you, you had a good week of picks. I, I can't really fight that. Oh, okay. I was gonna wait till the end, but I guess I'll do it now. Um, the scoreboard for the people that want to know who they should listen to with their picks. Uh, so Callen's in third right now with sixty-seven point uh points on the year. Then we have Austin, who's at sixty-nine points on. The hey, year. I'm not putting any more picks. And then uh, someone with Josh with seventy-two points on the year. So I, we're still within striking distance. Yeah. You are doing you are doing better, but You're doing better. We're still not over. We're still seven more weeks in the season, so just tack on a win ahead of you each week, and we'll be back. So plenty of time. Well, to make well, to be fair, Austin had eleven in his first week and ten in week three, and like I was ice cold early on. And the two of you guys were like firing out of the gate. And it was like, Josh knows that Vegas knows what they're doing at, for, at that. Uh, but in the end, when Ve- when Josh figures out Vegas, then he does well. Early on, it's too much of a free for all. Yeah, like I historically with my bets the last few years, I've done much better the first few weeks of the year before Vegas gets things figured out. And then as the year goes on, it gets way tougher for me personally. Yeah. All right, next game. This one kind of killed me, and I looked like I had egg on my face. I'll admit it for this one. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought Pat Shermer could make a game plan for Drew Locke. I don't know why I thought Drew Locke could do anything in the first place, actually, is a better question. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders went on to become 6-3 and three after defeating the Denver Broncos 37-12. to 12. Broncos 6th loss of the year drew lock 23 of 47 for 257 and a touchdown but man this guy is just struggling he's not making good reads four interceptions four and i'm trying to look at something austin if this will make you feel better if his qbr is worse than carson Wentz, and it sure it is 29 uh 27.9 is his uh qbr this week see here's the difference between drew lock and Wentz, though I think Locke's supporting cast is much worse than Wentz's right now. And the the Broncos have not much around Locke. I'm not saying he's going to be great or anything, but Locke's at least young with the potential. Like Wentz is 28. Like this is who he is. Is Quarterbacks don't just magically get much better. I think the only example would be like what Ryan Tannehill recently because he switched to a better team. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And, they have, the offense around him is young. We'll see what it is like, like Austin said, in a few years. But as for Oakland, you win this game pretty handedly. You get Josh Jacobs back on track. You don't let, you don't allow Derek Carr to lose a game for you. He plays well enough, and you just pound the rock, run the ball 40 times, and easy win, good game for the defense, and putting pressure on Drew Locke, and good all-around win for the Raiders. Keep it moving. Yeah, Raiders, they're they're shocking me. Even though I always never bet against Chucky, I did, and I got burned for it. What can I say? When you got a system, you got to stick to the system. Uh, on the next game, the 4 o'clock slate, wow. Right, you f- first one that I want to talk about is the LA Chargers. They took on the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Big factor, home going across the country, West Coast, East Coast. Another one for Josh, good for me. Uh, 29 to a 21 win, uh, to attack of is not doing anything. He's not really winning them games. At least in my opinion, he's 15 to 25 for one, uh, 169 to touchdowns QBR of 65.6 hair bear, not his best night, 20 of 32 for 187, two touchdowns and a pick. And, uh, I knew they were in trouble when Kelvin Bellage who is a former jet running back is their lead back. Uh, you know, there you got problems. <laughs> yeah. I think you give credit more to the Dolphins defense than you do struggle for her. Yeah. Herbert struggled, but I think the Dolphins have a kind of under the radar, good defense lately. And I think we deserve to give them a little more credit. Yeah. Tua was fine, but you know, he's a rookie quarterback. He played well enough to get them the W. It was a good all around win for the Dolphins. They continue to impress us week after week. And, you know, if you can have a game plan where you're not forcing Tua to be your 
savior and everything, it's a good situation if you're Miami. And ever since they've made the switch now, they've won three straight and looking pretty dang good while doing it. Yeah, I completely agree with Callan. There's a reason the Dolphins hired a defensive-minded coach, and the secondary is playing pretty well. The pass rush is playing pretty well. They're they're definitely maximizing the talent they that they have out there. Just a quick little side note: as an Eagles fan, they did just release Jordan Howard. So yes, I was going to mention that. So that was one bad signing they did this year. They they paid him. They paid him like. Four million, I think, this year or something like that. Something so. like that. And with Kalen Balazs now on IR, their leading back is Salvin Ahmad. Oh, Ahmed. wrong team, Kalen. No. But you Dolphins. said Balazs. Balazs is with the Chargers. Oh, did I say? I meant uh, Ahmed, yeah. Yeah, they're the other running back that's on IR. Miles Gaskin, excuse yeah. me. He, yeah. Balazs was a Dolphin at one point. You're right. That's My bad. No, you're good. I'm just trying to keep things accountable here. You know, I forget. I make up guys that play for whatever teams for any sport. So just want to make sure we get some little consistency going the right way. Of course. Uh, This game, the next game we're going to talk about, game of the year. Put this highlighter, circle it. Two of the future faces of the National Football League. Kyler Murray, former number one overall pick, former first round pick in the baseball Taking on Josh Allen, another future face of the National Football League. Looks good in shorts, rocket arm, all the above, right? So I just want to do a little bit of a um, recap and quick. I don't want to call it a play-by-play, but I guess we're going to call it a play-by-play. Long story short, right? With 34 seconds left. Yeah, long story short, right? Josh Allen, in three minutes, the final three minutes of the game, takes his team down the field to give them a lead, right? Uh, A 30 to 26 lead with 34 seconds left in the game, right? Unbelievable throw by Josh Allen. Guys unreal, freak of nature, right? So then it gets even wackier, right? 34 seconds left. You give the ball to Kyler Murray, right? They go down four plays, right? Final play of the game with two seconds left. Kyler Murray sprints out to the left, about to get hit, chucks it in the end zone, Finds somehow DeAndre Hopkins leaping up, catching the ball, game over, Cardinals win. It was ridiculous. Yeah, we talked about last week this being the game of the week or most exciting. It lived up to that billing. Like you said, it's like you said, game of the year. Just back and forth, unbelievable. We knew it was gonna be two high scoring teams that lived up to that bill. Josh Allen looked really good. You saw him. There was two touchdown passes. Kyler Murray just keeping the game moving. They got Kenyon Drake going, so we got a little more of a running attack. Drake looked pretty good coming back from his injury. And Kyler Murray does Kyler Murray things. DeAndre Hopkins proves why he is the best wide receiver in football with that catch at the end of the game. Just an unbelievable game. Good bounce back win for the Cardinals after a very tough loss to, I believe, it was the, the Dolphins the week before that. Just a real exciting game. They come go back on Thursday and another great game. Cardinals playing some good football. Buffalo playing good football. These are two teams that are going to be around for a while. And like you said, two great young quarterbacks who are going to be around for a good while. Just a real fun back and forth game. Good statement. Bounce back win for the Cardinals. Can't do much too much differently if you're the Bills. You had that game there and it was a Hail Mary that you lost by. Yeah, Callan, you said the word billing, and that got me thinking of uh, a guy named Bill, who I hope was watching this game in Bill O'Brien. Uh, I, <laughs> hope, I hope he watched that Hail Mary catch at the end. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see his reaction to that. Um, Josh is patting himself a lot on the back today, deservedly, but I'm going to take a second here to pat myself on the back because I'm getting a lot of things wrong this year. There's two things I absolutely got right. I called the Arizona Cardinals from the yeah. beginning of the year telling you guys, take the bet on them making the playoffs, take the over on their wins. I think they already have the over on their wins. Yeah. So that's one thing I got right. The other thing I got right is Josh Allen being playing near an MVP level. Yeah. Um, This is my third year in a row of being a quarterback whisperer, and those are pretty much my two things that I've gotten right this year. So just want to pat myself on the back. I was going to mention one thing, by the way. I thought I will never forget on su- on this first Sunday of the National Football League season, week one, right? I saw that uh, the last minute you can make a bet for the Cardinals to make the playoffs. It was at plus 390, and I said, what a stupid bet. <laughs> Kicking myself right now. 
so Austin mentions Josh Allen being an MVP candidate, and Kyler Murray's playing like it too. So if we're sitting here today, and I know there's Patrick Mahomes out there, Russell Wilson's out there as well. We'll take those two out of the equation. Just Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Who would get our vote for MVP between the two of them? I'd have to go Josh Allen. I think he's he's been more consistent in his performances. Murray's had some uneven, inaccurate games with some more interceptions than Allen has. Oh, yeah. For me, it's not even close. Kyler Murray did not look good against the Cowboys at all. Uh, that really lost it for me. And Allen's just been tremendous. Yeah, I'll still lean Josh Allen in that. I would think it's a clean sweep there. But for long term, I'll still stick with what I said last week. I'm still just buying a long-term career for Kyler Murray slightly more. But for this season, yeah, Josh Allen would be at my vote as well. Yeah. Um. Next, that's a good question, though. You made me think. I have always liked Josh Allen. I thought he played a little boneheaded in the first two years. Now he's like figured it out where he doesn't play like an idiot anymore, which makes him like a force to be reckoned with. Yes, a great job by the coaching staff because he was really wild coming in. Like he couldn't, he wasn't a pocket quarterback at all. His, he was only good at like running out on rollouts and throwing it forty yards down. The Literally field. chucking it like sixty yards. <laughs> yeah, down he, he's always had the cannon, but the fact that he fine tuned his mechanics now—that's that's a great job by everyone in the Bills organization. I first thought, honestly, when I first saw Josh Allen play, it might have been that he kind of came from a small school in Wyoming, and I was thinking Midwest little uh, little house in the prairie that I was thinking he was like Carson Wentz. And I was like, oh, this is what he's going to be like, the, the ceiling of Carson Wentz. He's better than Carson Wentz will, has ever been and will ever be. Um, Has ever been? I don't know. You could compare it to Wentz's no. 2017. Year. No. No. Uh, maybe. You know, I'm, I'm not – today's not the day to fight you on that. Wentz has been horrible right now. Yeah, I'm I was going to say you no. Know. Today's not the day to make that fight. I mean, Josh Allen's been incredible this year. Callan, anything? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably on the same thing as Austin said. Allen's been great. Maybe Wentz's MVP candidate year was better. I don't know. Doesn't matter anymore. Allen's unbelievable and deserves all the respect in the world. And he should be in that MVP talk this year for how well he's gotten Buffalo. And I'm looking forward as a Steeler fan to seeing how they match up with them in that uh, Sunday night game a few weeks down the road. Yeah. Next game, Steve from Secaucus wants to know, how worried are we about the Seattle Seahawks? Because they just lost another two straight games now. They lost 23-16 to to the LA Rams. They looked pretty bad. Russell Wilson had a horrible QBR. He went 22-37 of for 248, two interceptions, got sacked six times with a QBR of a 31. I'm going to say I'm worried just because what we've been saying, their defense is just... It's not a good defense. You see, every team's really able to beat it up. When you have Jared Goff able to throw for 300 yards against you, not a good sign. I'll pat myself on the back because in our NFC West preview show, I talked about the Rams probably being better than we expected. And you two are like, oh, no, you're a little high on the Rams this year. They're sitting 6-3 and three and right in the midst of that division. So I'll pat myself on the back if we're all patting ourselves on the back today for that call. But good win for the Rams. I like what I've seen from Goff. I like their... Uh, their offense, I like the three-headed receiving monster of Cup Woods and Josh Reynolds stepping up right now. Seahawks, I'm not worried about their offense, but their defense is just scaring me right now. And you put them in the playoffs going up against potentially a real hot Packers team right now. Uh, the Saints, when they're clicking as they have right now, even though there's a situation going on there, that who knows how long that'll be gone. So but I'm worried about the Seahawks defensively right now. Yeah, uh, as am I. I... I thought Russell Wilson was Superman, man. I guess he's not. I mean, he's still shown historically throughout his career. He's going to turn it around. He's had some bad games, but I'm not doubting him yet. The Seahawks are still making the playoffs, and they're going to be a tough team to contend with in the playoffs. Yeah, you're 100% right. Big game, Russell Wilson's just going to go off. Callan was talking up the Rams' offense. I actually, the Rams' offense is fine. They're okay. But it's been their defense that has been crushing it has. this year. Uh, one name to mention, Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator. Not a very well-known name. A lot of people made a big deal. The Rams got rid of Wade Phillips this year. I don't remember if it was a firing or retiring or what. But Wade Phillips left as defensive coordinator. And Staley has come in and done a great job. I mean, you look at the scores of all these games, and the Rams' defense is really 
outside of like the Bills game, they've limited the teams they're playing to not many points and kept the Rams in a great winning position. And then one last point for our uh, Seahawks fan who's concerned. Another guy I'd like to mention is DK Metcalf. Um, he's been he's had some great games when he's put up against the scrub corners. But when you put him up against Patrick Peterson or uh, Jalen Ramsey, who have been matched up against him, he's been invisible. So there's guys talking him up like he's going to be the next Jerry Rice. He's good, but when he goes up against the top competition, he's not showing up right now. Yeah, it's good for the Seahawks that you have a guy like Tyler Lockett you can turn to. You have a good one-two punch, but I agree. He has been silent in those big matchups. You hope that his next tough cornerback matchup, which I'm not looking at schedule right now, but... I'm sure there'll be one coming up soon enough and be curious to see if he can turn it around against in tougher matchups soon. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I They're going to figure it out. I think their defense yeah. is too talented. And what I tell you, Austin, Jamal Adams stinks. <laughs> he still does so bad. I saw so that bad. one bad video clip of uh, the one run play where he kind of shied away from contact. But... He's soft. He's like, oh, I'm so big and tough. You go missing in big games. This is a big game. He went missing. You're still biased against. Him. I'm not biased. Yeah, se- like seven biased seven tackles, two sacks, three tackles for losses. Yeah, he's had two quarterback he hits. Which totally missing this game. He should be a game changer. He's like Antonio Brown for Callen. Like he stinks. Did you hear what Callen just said? Yeah, two yep. sacks, the quarterback hits. But mm-hmm. he's not a game changer. If he was a game changer, they would win games on defense. He's not a game changer. Ray Lewis is a game changer. Ed Reed is a game changer. Brian Urlacher was a game changer. You're comparing him to Hall of Famers. I mean, he's a, he's a very Correct. good player. He's a very good player. And Brian and Dawkins. One great, def- one great player doesn't make a Brian Dawkins. bad game changer. Bad defense. I would put Jamal Adams near Brian Dawkins. Uh, Brian Dawkins is 20 times better. And I would like Jeremiah Trotter a lot more than whatever crap the uh, the Seahawks have. I'm loving bringing up all these old Eagles defensive players. I'm a Thank big you. fan of that. Thank the you. one thing Dawkins brought is he was a tremendous leader, one of the best leaders in the NFL. And Jamal Adams, I don't know, he seems like a fine guy, but he's not that. So that's definitely one thing that Doc brought. Love Doc. All Eagles fans love Dawkins. Yeah. Just the plethora of knowledge of random players just, oh, it never will seem to amaze anybody. You know what I was thinking about the other day? And this is not speaking of old Eagles. Hank Baskin. I saw a video of him recently. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where I found it. And today's name I never followed here on this podcast. Hank, Hank Baskin. Hank Baskin. Yeah, he got married. He's married to some celebrity. Oh, yeah, what? Hank Basket has done two noteworthy things so far. Um, he was the guy who botched the onside yeah. kick. You remember the Saints surprise onside kick? I was about to bring that up, yeah. Oh, uh, well, sorry for stealing your thunder. He botched that, but one thing he did not botch was his marriage. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Got a good thing going there. Good for him. I'm glad Hank Baskets. I've actually met him once when I was in Florida. Pretty cool guy. Um, Next, we're going to transition after Hank Basket's story is speaking of we'll go to, we'll talk about the 49ers then. Uh, Drew Brees got hurt. We don't know how bad. All we know is it's not looking too good. The question is going to be, is Jameis Winston going to be the starting quarterback? I don't know. He went six to 10 in replacement of Drew Brees and with a QBR of nine. And then we got to see a little Taysom Hill action and that didn't go well. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the new Orleans Saints? Jameis Winston. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's going to be Jameis Winston. He came in after Brees got hurt. Taysom Hill is a gadget player. He comes in. He does form. We'll see more of Taysom Hill, but Jameis Winston will be the starter. He'll have more passes. He's a better passer than Taysom Hill is. Taysom Hill is a good gadget player. You can bring him in on uh, options and put him out wide and do all sorts of fun things with him. But Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback. And they signed him because they wanted to have a good backup quarterback decided to follow after Drew Brees got hurt last year. They did the smart thing and got insurance for a quarterback who last year had a Serious injury for Drew Brees, so you get Winston, he'll be starting next week. I'm pretty confident with that. Yep, Cowan hit the nail on the head there. Winston's 100% going to be the starter, and we're going to see some more of Taysom Hill. I'm really interested to watch Winston with the Saints offense for a few weeks because when he was with the Bucks, their their defense was not the greatest either, so mm-hmm. he really had to carry the team and just put up 500 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions. With the Saints, he needs to learn to be more of a game manager 
dump it off to Kamara, which he's not used to dumping it off to his running backs very much. So except when it's crab legs, he dumps off crab legs. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. We've got some great one liners. You have, as you said, this game saints just showed that's to me, the defense has to win games from moving on. And (laughs) they took advantage of a bad quarterback in Nick Mullins. 49ers are, we keep saying it. They're trending very downwards with the amount of injuries they've had this season. Saints, they're clicking, except now you lost your starting quarterback. So we're going to have to see what this team looks like with Jameis at the helm rather than a future Hall of Famer. In Drew Brees. I have a prediction for you guys. It's not going to shock you. It's going to sound really ridiculous. I think Jameis Winston will look exactly the way Teddy Bridgewater looked last year filling in for Drew Brees. He could. I mean, Sean Payton's a good coach, and he could turn any quarterback into something. But Jameis Winston hasn't been the same quarterback Teddy Bridgewater has been in his career. Teddy Bridgewater is much more of kind of that Drew Brees mold. He'll dump it off and do that. Winston's hasn't, as Austin said, he doesn't like to dump things off except, as Josh said, crab legs. So he'd want to take more shots. We'll see if Sean Payton can remint a little bit and just be like, hey, you have an Alvin Kamara you can dump the ball off to. You have a Michael Thomas will be running shorter routes and be okay catching 10 for 90. So we, we shall um- see. I'm going to agree with Josh, actually. I think that they're they've, they're going to really bang it into his head just to be conservative and don't screw up. They got a good thing going here. Um, let's see. Like, do we know who the Saints are playing next week? The Falcons. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he could go off against that Falcons. He could. That, I would love to know that under over on passing yards. I might just hammer the over just to have a good time. Because mm-hmm. he could easily throw for like 260, like on accident. On accident? Yeah, and like not intentionally, like because it's Jameis, mind you. But remember, he got LASIK eye surgery, so he's twenty twenty vision now. Yeah, well, Wentz also got LASIK eye surgery, so that... Wentz also sucks. Like he is no <laughs> talent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, my point is, what's the point of talking about LASIK eye surgery? I That's mean, fair. I could get it. It doesn't mean I'm going to be good at quarterback. It's valid. I think we're going to breathe by the next game because no one really cares on our show, especially some eight, nine and no team, whatever. They beat a crappy team. <laughs> Not that interesting. Wait, Josh, didn't you say the Bengals were going to win? No, I said they would cover. Yeah, uh, I, I even said we all said they'd cover. But I'm more than happy to be wrong about this one. Steelers did what they had to do against a bad football team. Made me feel a lot confident with them. Roethlisberger was really good. Had a bunch of really good receivers. Johnson, Schuster, and Claypool, they're all good. Steelers rolled. Defense played well. Made life hell for Joe Burrow. Moving on. Great win for Steelers. Keep things rolling. If I were you, and I mean this in all sincerity, and like this is going to sound like I'm making making a joke, I'm actually being serious. I did not like what I saw on the Instagram from your your DBs and like your – your guys uh, going after Joe Burrow, they should just shut their mouth. They're nine and zero. Shut the f up and just play the football. What did they say? They wanted to welcome him into the league. No, they had like three different guys post like dumb shit how he was overrated and all these things. And it's like it's, shut up. It's it's football. Everyone's gonna call out somebody. It's a rivalry. It's it is what it is. Burrow's great. I don't care what Steelers D backs come. There. He's gonna be a good quarterback in this league. He got his first taste of. That Steeler defense when it's clicking, and it's clicking right now. So, whatever. You know what you guys should do? Bring Dick LeBeau back to coach your defense. Why is that, Josh? I like Dick LeBeau a lot. The guy was a, another leader of men. He was somebody who, you guys like pushed him out of town, and he went to Tennessee. He was a good coach. I, I liked him, but he's got a good thing going right now. So, eh, I liked your defense more with Dick LeBeau. I like our defense with Minka Fitzpatrick. and Overrated. Yeah, on, on the Instagram thing, I think the Steelers are cursed when it comes yes, to Instagram. They, they could they be. Had, that's um, that's valid. Do you remember one of the players was posting for the Jaguars playoff? Game, yeah, Mike Mitchell. Ignoring the Jaguars, and he went on about how they're going to rematch the Patriots. Yeah, Mike Jaguars. Mitchell. He we would beat him in Haiti. We'd beat him on the mo- on the moon. We'd beat him yeah, in that's Mars. That's right. That's right. And then we had Antonio Brown's Facebook Live video. His he's Mister Big Chess, and he ain't want no unguarantees. <laughs> So I think the Steelers should just ban Instagram from the organization. Because I was warning you, Callan. These guys, they also sign these uh, social media contracts. I don't know if you guys know this. This is a little thing working in the industry. They have these guys sign contracts that they won't do something stupid on social media, and yet your Steelers somehow learn to screw it up like the way the Jets screw up leads. Except when we screw up a social media thing that's 
whatever. It's not affecting their play on the field yet. If it comes down to it late in the season, we'll have more talks of it. But this isn't the time to bring I mean, up issues when you're a 9-0 football team. What's going to be the point where we, when you would say, like, that was stupid that we posted this? Would it be, if, like, losing next if, week? Or if what? it's Mike Mitchell situation, yeah. If it costs them a playoff game, yeah. But if they're posting stuff on social media after a dominating win when you're a 9-0 football team, I don't care. Put whatever you want on social media as long as it's not putting the team in jeopardy. So wait, I just wanted to understand the threshold. So it's like you have to like go to, let's say, like the AFC championship game. For if this. you're posting on social media, ignoring an opponent, clearly not caring about the match matchup that you have, or you're con- clearly not worried about the team you're about to play, yeah, then that's concerning. But you're posting something after you win a game? Whatever. You're dancing on the field. I know you have some reason to have a problem with Juju Smith-Schuster doing TikToks. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. They win football games. He It doesn't affect him on the field, clearly, because he had close to 100 yards and touchdown this week. Doesn't matter. Just All I'm saying... As long as it doesn't affect how they play on the field. As soon as it's Mike Mitchell level, we'll win on the moon, we'll win on wherever. He's Haiti. Yeah, that was yeah, good. And that's, that's bad, but right now, we're so nine. So this on your calendar, Callan. 12-21-20. Monday night football, Steelers, Bengals. I will hammer Joe Burrow. I will hammer the Bengals. Josh, what what is wrong with you? I have a lot of things wrong with me. I don't really know the answer. You see, Josh doesn't know how to accept that a team could actually be good. He has to find the smallest <laughs> things to poke a hole into. He just can't well, accept that a team might actually be a good football team. He's been I, I bad that. football that's, teams. That's me with career. the Buccaneers because I, I, I refuse to believe they're good. So, <laughs> I, yeah. so I'm the, I understand where he's coming from. Thank you. Um, but this was a very timely discussion because the Steelers are actually playing the Jaguars next week. Uh-oh. Uh, this is a <laughs> typical Austin, trap. Austin, that's why I brought this up. This is literally why I wrote this in my notes, by the way. I was if, not going to bring that up. Again, if something like that happens before that game, sure, we can have this discussion if it affects how they play against a bad Jacksonville team. We can write the script right now just for entertainment, right? They're going up against a backup quarter, backup backup quarterback. So that's a third string quarterback. The team is like one and eight now, right? They are not really looking that good, and yet they're going to be taking on the nine and zero Steelers, a team that they're overlooking their opponent potentially. There's a lot of red flags going on here. Your team is a twelve and a half point favorite. We'll talk about this before that game. I haven't seen anything yet where they're overlooking that team. They just won a game against their rivals, and now they're moving on. If we hear them in press conferences talking about their future matchups with Baltimore or Buffalo, sure. But you're putting a narrative that doesn't exist right now. I would have wanted to have a fun narrative here. Um, Sunday night game, kind of shocking, in my opinion. The Ravens looked very human. Where Lamar Jackson, 24-34, the rain was a huge factor. Big weather guy again, under hit, no big deal when I saw the wet weather. Love the weather. You guys make fun of me all you want. The last two games, unders looked beautiful because of the poor weather. Who has a car going off in the background? Well, I didn't hear a car. Callan, do you hear a car? Is it my imagination? I heard something, but whatever. I think it was probably just you. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots kind of stuck with a similar game plan we talked about. It was just run first offense. Cam Newton only had the third ball 17 times in the rain, 118 yards of touchdown. He looked fine considering the weather. And he said Baltimore's looking beatable lately. If they've had that loss to the Steelers earlier, they lost to Patriots this week. They lost earlier to the Chiefs. You know, there's something about the Ravens this year that's just not there, but they're still a good team. It's hard to really draw a huge conclusion after a weather sort of game like this one where you're battling rain that was absolutely torrentious and came down to the final drive. And that's when the rain decided where it's going to open up more rain. So, Hey, did you, I'm not hear, gonna take- did you hear with Bill Belichick when what Cam Newton said this week? What's that rain? And where he was like all week, Bill Belichick said going into the final drive of the game, the sky will open up and it will like absolutely downpour. So he was just messing. No, like he was like dead serious. Like, I guess like, Belichick like actually like told the guys like going and like there was a quote early in the week that he was like yeah like watch out for like the rain at the end of the game and like sure enough like it fucking happened Hmm. Belichick just like can talk to like the the people upstairs and just dictate what happens Belichick can talk to the big man upstairs he controls the weather I think this game was pretty much 
clear evidence of that. I mean, yep. he brought in the heavy rain as soon as the Ravens got the ball on the last <laughs> drive. He, he knows how to control the air pressure inside of footballs. He can control hey, the air pressure hey. in the clouds. Yeah, there's something about that guy. Legendary former Jet defensive coordinator was supposed to be coach. Roll on a napkin, get me out of here. It goes to New England. And yes. don't forget the Browns got rid of him too. That's not important. That's that's irrelevant. He had a losing record there. He was Bill Parcells stepped down. Belichick take takes over right after one day. Writes on a napkin. I resign. Gets traded. Goes to New England. And the rest is history. We have like eight Super Bowls later. And the Jets just have a brutal history. That's you don't so tell me. Sad. Leon Hess, we could talk about. We could talk about the Vinny Testaverde era. We could talk about. There's a lot of fun parts. The Pennington times. And another oh. week where the Jets didn't even play, and yet we still end up <laughs> devoting half of our show to the New York Jets. Talk. No, we spent half of our show on the Giants and, and Eagles. Count The other New York team. Yeah. The, the last game, superior. weather looks really nice. Big weather guy again. Uh, this time the weather really came into play though. Uh, Nick Foles, 15 and 2,606 yards interception, two sacks QBR of 15. That sounded like my math grade when I was in college 15. And don't forget that QBR is half of what Wentz's QBR was. I thought, yeah. Yeah. If you're Chicago, I don't know how you can, you have your bye week coming up. Luckily. I don't know how you don't go back to Trubisky after the bye week. Foles has done nothing for this offense. It has been looking horrible. I think the Bears could be one of the most boring football teams to watch right now because Foles is doing absolutely nothing. And their defense is so good that the games are just they're low scoring and boring as fans to watch. It's it's just not fun to watch a Bears game right now. So Foles is bad. They lost Montgomery, so their lead rusher was Cordell Patterson who did nothing on the ground besides a kick return for a touchdown, which was awesome to watch again. And that was their lone touchdown. There's got nothing generated. Good win for the Vikings. They continue to, they've won three straight right now. Cousins played pretty well at two touchdown passes to Thielen. They're getting on a little hot streak and their schedule's not bad down the stretch where we could see Minnesota creep back into the playoff race as well. Yeah. yeah you got to wonder if they regret trading away, um, Daniel Hunter or Diggs. Nick Nagakwe. Well, Diggs, they've actually made out okay with. Because... Yeah, because they got, I'm hooked on a feeling. Like that. Or Justin Jefferson. I was actually going to say Justin first. Jefferson, yeah. the guy who the Eagles should have. Uh... Oh, come on. Justin Jefferson. Who knew? Corson Wentz would still not throw it to him. So, who are we kidding? I mean, go. Okay. I, I got to sabotage this for the Eagles for a second. Going back into that draft. The only reason the Eagles took Rager over Jefferson is because they thought they needed a deep ball receiver. The Eagles need everything receivers. <laughs> so that was a stupid justification for that. Jefferson clearly was a much better route runner and a showing so far. And Jefferson's made a lot of plays deep down the field, too. So Yeah. Yeah. Eight catches, 135 yards this week for the Vikings. Ten targets. He's been a, yeah, he's been a great find for the Vikings and getting back to that good one-two punch they had when Diggs was there. So I, I don't think this is a hard question but i'll ask it which team's a better team right now i mean which team are we more scared of for in terms of nfc the vikings or the bears the bears have the better record but we're all on the vikings right now i'm guessing yeah vikings this is gonna sound stupid and you guys are gonna laugh and you're gonna say are you nuts i think there are better players on the bears i'm more afraid of the the overall of the like the defense from uh, Chicago. I'm more afraid of the big playmakers besides Dalvin Cook on uh, Chicago. Like Robinson, pretty good player. Patterson is just a juggernaut of a player. He's a Swiss Army knight of all types. Is he really a juggernaut of a player? He's a good kick returner. I mean, you look <laughs> yeah, what he did all know. around. He had 12 carries for 30 yards and is receiving two catches for 19 yards. He's a good kick returner and you can throw him around a little bit, but it's not like he makes too much of a difference when you throw them all around besides he, he reminds game. me of Ty Montgomery in a lot of ways. Was Ty Montgomery a juggernaut of a player? Yeah, I was going to say, that's, a, yes, that's not a player you really Big, need to be like. He was. Hey, hey, he was very good with the Packers. He went to Stanford, high IQ, graduated with honors or something. And where's he now? <laughs> and he where's he grandson? now? Yeah, like, and, and, where, and where's now? Ty Montgomery now? Probably hosting a podcast, probably. He's on the Saints, I believe, their practice squad. Oh, so. he's on the, oh that's good. Okay. So let's 
He's a juggernaut of a practice juggernaut squad. of a player who's currently on a practice squad, and I was be was I had like he plays the same position as Cordell Patterson. We'll rotate between running back and receiver. Yes. None of them really make a difference when we're on the field. I'm surprised you know he's on the Saints. By the way, I give you a lot of credit. It's the three of us know way too much about football. Sometimes. Yeah, just a guy. I, I sometimes try to throw players at you guys to just see if like someone could impress. That impressed me. That uh, you didn't even know I was going to bring him up today. No. Um, I guess that's going to be this week's show. Uh, I don't know what else I'm going to talk about. Uh, you guys got anything else? Yeah, I got a question. To yeah, what's up? So, as far as Super Bowl contenders go, I think we can all agree the Chiefs are probably most likely number yeah. one contender right now. Who's your team after the Chiefs that you really like? In the AFC or NFC? Either. Talon, you can go. <sighs> I mean, I could go home. I could go home and say Steelers. I like what they're Ooh. doing in defense right now, and I like their offense. Obviously, I think in the AFC, they are the team right now that has the best chance of beating the Chiefs just because their defense is the best in my opinion of the AFC contenders. You go over to the NFC right now. now. I wanted to say the Saints, but now without Drew Brees, that's concerning them. I like the Seahawks, but their defense has just been so bad that I can't say it right now. I can't say them right now. I guess by default, my NFC favorite right now would be Green Bay. Yeah. But I don't love that. I think the NFC is much more wide open where I think the AFC, we know it's the Chiefs pretty much, and then there's maybe one or two other teams you can make an argument for, but the NFC, it's very wide open right now. I'm going to give you the top three in each just for have a good time with this one. Number three coming in the AFC, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, they're 9-0. and They don't really do it for me. Number two, we got the Buffalo Bills. And then number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. And going to the NFC, coming in at number three, we have the Seattle Seahawks. Coming in at slot number two, we've got a team with the Green Bay Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, good quarterback. Coming in in the number one spot, the GOAT of all time I will never bet against, Tom Brady. Hmm. Josh, I am just about 100% with you. I agree completely on the AFC. I like the Bills as my next best team. Steelers at three. The only thing I have... I still like the Saints up there. I like the Saints as the number one up there, actually. Really? More than Green Bay? Green Bay's really good. Like, I'm not going to take it away from them. They're, yeah, like, they're all bought in. weird good, though. Like, I... Rodgers is great. Devontae Adams is great. Defense is all right. But the thing with the Saints, Breeze is going to be out three to four weeks. They're easily going to survive that. I would say they go three and one while he's out. They're they're not missing a beat. They're fine. What do you think this is? Deflategate all over again? Going three and one without a... Uh... I mean, look at their schedule for those. I just looked at it just for my curiosity. This is the Saints. We'll go the longer term. We'll say four weeks. Falcons. Pretty sure they can win that game. Yeah. Broncos. That's very winnable. Falcons again. Winnable. And then the Eagles. You can easily yeah. go four and zero without Drew Brees. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think they're going to miss a beat with them out. I, I don't know if this they're... is breaking news, by the way. At this hour, uh, Chiefs to sign DeAndre Baker to practice squad. Um, DeAndre Baker was the for, former first round pick for the New York Giants guy who allegedly oh. uh, with the watch situation playing Bourree and uh, Wait, where is that? I didn't hear that. Yeah. Uh, yes, according to CBS Sports. What is the Blu-ray watch? Blu-ray is a game that they play in the locker rooms in the National Football League and on the airplanes where people will bet money. It's like a card game, whatever. And uh, a lot of money gets spent on it and with a lot of wealthy people in the National Football League. And long story short, he was with Quentin Dunbar and he was mad about whatever, losing two games in a row, ended up like losing like 30 grand playing. So he came back with allegedly they were, they claimed at first that he would came back with a gun and whatever, but long story short, they ended up dropping all the charges against Deandre Baker. And instead they charged the attorney for the other side that made these accusations against him with extortion. But long story short, the uh, Baker got released by the giants at the end of the preseason. Uh, Once the charges got dropped, uh, a lot of people got very interested in DeAndre Baker as he was a first round pick like two years ago out of Georgia. And now he's going to go to the Kansas city chiefs as part of their practice squad. Oh, seems like a pretty low risk, high reward kind of move. So why the heck not? Yeah. 
exactly. Chiefs, just when you think they can't get much better, they do this. So, Callum, am I going to get sued for how I described the uh, DeAndre Baker, or was that good? It seemed good. I mean, you tried. No, no, one, no one's listening to this podcast trying to sue us. Come on. All right. Yeah. But, like, claiming they first claimed this, but then I, I tried to, like, give the whole story so I don't nah, get sued. I, I, I think you're fine, Josh. All right, good. I, I try to put your, your law education to use right now. Um, all right. Uh, that's, I guess, is we good to wrap this up? Yep. All right. Sounds good. Uh, last week's question on whether the Jets would win a game, would the Steelers lose a game, or would Donald Trump concede? Still, we don't know an answer. Um, I'm leaning towards maybe a Steeler loss this week and a Jet win. Both very bold. But that's going to be all the time that we got in this week's recap. We got another show coming up very soon with a preview of week 11. Can you believe we're already in week 11, guys? Ridiculous. Uh, but that's all the time that we got here on the Third Down and Goal podcast. I am Josh, joined with Austin, joined with Callan. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as it was very, very different than what we would normally do.